Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Gaurav, what's happening this week? Uh, I think we take a trip to the Rebel Moon. I think I worked at CAA. And we're definitely going to want to leave the world behind. Enjoy the show, everyone. Not bad. Can you confirm that? It's filmed in front of a live studio audience. See, this is the, the, there's going to be, I would say, I'm going to say about 10 to 15% of the people who are going to get super duper rich off of Bitcoin, which will kind of happen as soon as it turns out like that the Americans start letting it be traded through like an exchange fund and all that stuff that'll kind of legitimize it, which could make it go from like a $40,000 coin to like a million over like five, 10 years, which would make a lot of people really like almost like, I don't want to say Bezos rich, but maybe like Walton family rich. You know what I mean? Just from having bought like a lot of NVIDIA cards in the early 2000s, which is a really (laughs) weird, weird thing. But hey, man, bless it. Let's see what happens. Like hopefully some of them give back to the environment that they've been hosing the whole time. That's my that's my take on it. (laughs) And that's why I can't get a PS5. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Is that how you wanted it? <laughs> oh, I don't think it was how I wanted it. The Plus Production proudly presents Can You Confirm That? Starring Gaurav Wander, John Brown. Welcome everyone to an, the Can You Confirm Ah. Welcome everybody to the Can You Confirm That podcast. My name is John Brown, and I'm here with my co-host, one of the contestants for People Magazine's Most Beautiful People 2021. Thank you. One of the contestants. Thank you. Fucking Paul. Jason Kelsey coming in there and taking the heat. <laughs> Ugh. I watched that little thing on Prime Video, by the way. And hello, <laughs> listeners. You should watch it, too. If you're wondering what the Jason Kelsey Sexiest Man Alive hype would be, I would suggest getting on Prime Video and watching that documentary. It's only an hour and a half of your life, and it kind of gives you insight as to just how close I was to winning, actually. <laughs> um, I'm is, there quick joke. On, is there anything else good on Prime that I should watch? Like what? Oh, I, I never, I never know what's on Prime, right? Yeah, you just... It's, isn't it the, it's the ugly stepchild of like streaming services... Like, you know you got to feed it because you've already got the Prime membership. But, like, you don't really necessarily want to have to take too much time looking at it because it's always hard to deal with. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot, there's stuff there, man. I, I want to make a joke, but I'm not sure if you're going to cut it from earlier where you had the flub introducing the show. Now, if you, if you leave the flub in, this will work. But if you cut the flub, this is all fluff that you're going to have to cut. But uh, oh, I was going to cut it. Ah, maybe you'll keep the flub. And now people will be happy because uh, I felt like you're doing the work on yourself, John. You must be growing because I almost heard you say, can you compartmentalize? And I, I guess that's where we're headed, right? <laughs> you know what I can do is I can put that in at the ending, like the hidden part. You, you, can, you can cut the flub into the end. All right. <laughs> or leave it. Gaurav, I got something to show you. Show me. Check this what do we out. Got? Oh, my this God. Out. Oh, fucking listeners, I want to describe this before he even tells you what it is. It's it's a nice, long, maybe foot-long shaft, cylindrical, a um, yeah. little bit bigger on the one end. Uh, bigger, defi- than foot. bigger than Definitely. Foot. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Uh, I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to scare him. But, like, it's uh, it looks like you can be – it's got a nice grip in the middle. Um, yeah. Good hand-down movement. Like, what? you tell him what smooth. you got there. Quite smooth. <laughs> So the um, the light I'm showing. I promise I won't tell people about this on the podcast anymore. But here's the lightsaber, Gora. Okay, oh, that's what we're calling it. Um, yeah, flesh nice. lightsaber, flesh lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> now that's now that's a lawsuit waiting to happen if they ever tried. <laughs> um, oh goodness. Yeah, man. So that what thing do you think? looks bulky. Show me that again. It looks heavy. It's got. That's aluminum. Not to like stay on the fucking train, but like it feels like it's got some girth to it, man. Like I don't know if you can even get your hand all around it. Can you <laughs> like? Or, you think you'd get your mouth around that thing too? I don't know. 
I know you're trying to get me to show you, but I'm not going oh, to. Oh, you were close. Like, oh, man. Feed you a few more drinks, I'll make it happen, I'm sure. <laughs> no, that, that fucking thing looks crazy, man. Like, um, does it turn, like, what, is, is it, oh, damn. Oh, fuck, there it comes. How did that happen? Where did that appear from, John? There's a big force. Obviously. No, but I'm confused, because I could have swore there was, like, no, is that, that's actual fucking light? Am I to understand that? I told you it's worth the money. You didn't snap anything onto that. You didn't flick your wrist to make something fly out of it. That just appeared by you hitting a button. <laughs> Did you see oh. me put it in? I don't know. It felt like it went off screen like a magician would do. I want you to turn this thing off right now. I want to see what happens. If there's a big fucking white stick in your hand after this, I'll be disappointed, but there might be. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Where'd this stick come from? Do you have to pop that on. Is it like an attachment? Yeah, it's like a Dyson. Do you get multiple attachments? You screw it in, so it's secure. But can you get more in different like sizes, girths, and colors and things? <laughs> um, yeah, you can, you can buy like you can get like baby ones and stuff, like for Yoda and things, if you want. Okay, I guess some are into the green. Uh, goodness, but okay, I, uh... so it does have to be. I... It'd be cooler if it didn't, though, you know? <laughs> oh, shit, there is a smaller one. This is just a little um, protector for the inside here with all the electronics. My goodness. That's, uh, that's I'm going to say, impressive. I just, it, it's a little bit less cool knowing you have to screw something into it, though, for some reason. Wow, everything great you have to screw in. Um, Wall hangers included? Yep, Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Um, I was telling my parents about it, obviously, again. Yeah. And um, I was, was saying, the first you time know, you told them you loved them, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell them all the time. Um, I was saying another plus is that I have Halloween covered for like the rest of my life. And my, yeah. my mom's first instinct was that I would get big green ears <clears throat> next. Did she really? She thought she was going to complete the outfit. <laughs> but I was like, why would I go as the three foot tall green alien when I could just go as a regular human looking dude? <laughs> well, I feel like your mom's whole thing is it's like, if you are going to do it, you better commit. You know what I mean? Like, if you're going to be that guy, um, yeah. like, I, I kind of look like you and McGregor enough. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like, for some reason, I feel like if, um, if you went out with like a nice, beige wool sweater that's nice and loose that kind of looks like one of those like star wars robes and you kind of paired it with some like nice khakis on the tan side <laughs> it would be a look it would be a look. Me laugh. i'm going to buy a star wars robe <laughs> i don't need well, to fake it i'm gonna buy that shit <laughs> well just save it for your mom she clearly wants to know what to get you next year be like, get me this fantastically off. Like, don't go, don't go be getting the robe that you would go buy. Get the robe your parents would get you, right? Like, think about it. So much better. Oh, hey, no, that kind of stuff I'm leaving for me. <laughs> I bet you that the the robe your mom could get you, it could double, like, as something you could wear to even, like, the Playboy Mansion. It would be so nice, you know? Yeah. Probably made of, like, real sheep's wool and, <laughs> and like, some stuff like that. Made of some sort of alien... If I, maybe if I knew Star Wars enough, I'd, I'd name or some sort of organic cotton. You know what I mean? Ah, you got to figure they were using cotton, even a galaxy, galaxy far away. Right? Yeah, but they would have had some sport, sort of like space sheep and or something, and they wouldn't have called them sheep. You know, maybe that kind of thing. Yeah, maybe cotton yeah, yeah. is called like cotton would be called something else, some other kind of plant. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe the Jedi's control all the polyester game, anyways. Like um, the, the uh, silk trade and the silk route <laughs> is like a different thing entirely. I was going to pay for the academy, right? Oh, um, but they, <laughs> there's a scene in I don't know which one, where like um, Princess Leia is in like a sheer white outfit. Oh, okay. And she, uh, I'm gonna have to watch that one back in 4K. <laughs> there's like a Carrie Fisher says. You know, she asked George Lucas why she has to be braless in this scene because it was like revealing. And he, Lucas is on quote saying, 
they don't have bras in space. <laughs> so everything has to be a little different, you know? Yikes. That makes sense. Um, but does it though? Right? Like you I'm sure as a writer you could make the plausible like you know I mean like I, I don't know. Listen, we love Lucas. Carrie Fisher loved Lucas. They all had a great working relationship. I don't think there's any complaints or anything said. Nope. But something would tell me that in 2023, you probably can't get away with that answer being like a good enough answer. <laughs> right? Because there's going to be like a, an on-set supervisor, a script supervisor. All these people are going to be like, well, can't we just assume that they've, like, they've got the technology to create bras? Right? Like, or like... Do you want us to just be dazzle a sports brusser, right? Like, there's ways to get her. Like, it would just be so much. That's right. That's yeah, one of those things that uh, upset super fans recently in the Boba Fett show was that it broke one of the Lucas tenants where they had that like biker gang wearing very like biker type like leather vests and band shirts and stuff. And that really pissed like, there's not supposed to be. Like, like North American looking clothes in a galaxy <clears throat> far, far away or whatever. I think, yeah, especially not like an Aerosmith shirt. Yeah. Well, no, I, like, that's fair. You know what I mean? Like that's, if that was the complaint, like, no, I would, I would be fine. Like if it's actual like eighties fucking not, hair bands. Not actually stuff. like bands, but like, you know how like a oh. band t-shirt looks like that kind of look. Yeah. But I mean, listen, man, they were playing music in fucking Boba Fett's bar. Like who's the band? I'm sure they sell t-shirts. Man, it wasn't. <laughs> We weren't playing guitars and stuff. Like, if you know those songs. No, That's what I'm saying. Hey, man, I would buy a T-shirt of that band if that's the music I'm listening to. If I'm going to that fucking place and that's the music they play and I'm jiving to it, I saw some people dancing. I, why wouldn't they? It's a galaxy far, far away, man. Of course, they, that's the music in the bands they want to buy shirts from. Come on. <laughs> oh. No, but I would have issues if it was like... Because you know I mean like you don't want to do the guardian like guardians does it because he's from Earth, yeah, right. So that makes sense. Yeah. But like they're they're they are a galaxy and a time and a different thing. But I don't see why. Listen, man, bands sell merch no matter what galaxy, no matter what time. You know what I mean, <laughs> there's friggin' Mr. B shirts in space, probably. <laughs> yeah, man. If he if he's if there is some sort of uh, like. Uh, YouTube star of the holographic projector world in Star Wars. I'm sure they. I'm sure they've got merch. I'm sure there's like people there who are like, I want to be that guy one day. Tatooine Yelp has got like Mr. Beast Burger at like two stars. <laughs> Don't even get me started on Tatooine Help Yelp. Goodness. <laughs> Tatooine Yelp. It's hard to say, isn't it? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> now, so ridiculous. Now, uh, I wanna. I'm gonna segue into something. Hopefully, here, maybe gracefully, as you stroke that big, long, <laughs> fucking white plastic thing. Um, goodness, it's holding my blade. You know, the ADHD struggle so much to get through these recordings. John, I'm telling you, it's like it's hard for me to stay. I really do try to stay on the topics. Uh, have you been following the news on our friend, your friend, your friend? I should say. Ooh. Um. I apologize, Mr. I almost called you my friend whose movie I've slept through four times. Um, but Mr. Zack Snyder seems oh. to have his little take coming for Netflix as their largest, most productive, most money spent, blah, 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 blah. Um, the Rebel Moon. And, and it's coming as a two-parter, I guess. And it's it's got to... Uh, apparently, it's it strives from some story he's been wanting to make for like two decades. And it's what he had envisioned as an R-rated Star Wars kind of thing. Hmm. And it just never went anywhere with the Star Wars people because they just couldn't. But now he's made it his own, uh, if you will. And my question to you is that that's a dangerous thing to do. But maybe, maybe Zack Snyder has got all this goodwill built up from all of you Justice League nerds. And you just mm-hmm. want to see him succeed? Now, you're going to want to see him succeed so bad that this thing is going to be like Netflix top one for like fucking 12 weeks in a row. You know, I hope so. And I think I love the idea. Like, um, just kind of making it the same, but kind of different. I mean, isn't that really what movies are anyways? Like, uh, 
a guy that we like, a movie reviewer, Eric Vaught, is only two, Hollywood's only making two movies, The Wizard of Oz or Citizen Kane, and every movie is an attempt to be one of the two. Go watch his video if you're interested in that. I'm not going to explain it, but you know, <laughs> Ooh, okay. you know about it, right? So I, I love this idea of kind of like taking that idea and just like changing the case, the names and stuff. Like, oh, this is uh, Luke Skullclocker, and like just making that same story. Video games do that all the time, and we're okay with it. So yeah, you want to see the take, right? Yeah, is that the yeah. right? And, and so, audience, and you know, the only reason I bring it up is this is going to end up posting on Friday, December fifteenth. Friday, December fifteenth right. is the good time you, you're going to be able to see this thing in most places. Um, oh really? It's, it's got a it's got a UK release. Yeah, exactly. So the UK is going to be getting it on the fifteenth. So you're going to oh, see some. Okay. You'll see some nice little drops on like those places that you know if you're paying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Places that find movies. Um, we'll maybe find it a week early. Um, it, it's worth, like, you know, when a colony on the edge of the galaxy finds itself threatened, they dispatch a young woman with a mysterious past to seek out warriors. Like that, if that doesn't read to you as like, come yeah. on a Star Warsy adventure with people that aren't Star Warsy, then yeah, right. And it should be something, uh, especially if it's a Zack Snyder and he's got that little space three hundred, totally. Yeah, right. Like it's kind of got a thing, and and um, can I? So you you know what really drew me to this though, like why I wanted to kind of talk to you about it as well is just not there's so much funness kind of intertwined here, right? The idea that there's a Star Wars, but it's not a Star Wars, and what mm-hmm. a perfect time for a not Star Wars, right? Because so many people are disillusioned with Star Wars, but they want a Star Wars. Yeah, right? yeah. So, right. So, so this kind of has a chance at filling that sort of void. And then you got Zack Snyder, who's like clearly like got his own kind of thing with James Gunn and Warner Brothers and everyone now where he's going to be like, you know, he's going to be nice about Warner Brothers the same way Christopher Nolan's being nice about Warner Brothers. But from a distance, they're all watching it and kind of saying that fucking company is imploding like they can't. They can't even get a fucking coyote movie into the theaters right now without like, I mean, like burning, like it's, there's so much weirdness. And I didn't really think much of it until I looked at the casting of Rebel Moon and I saw Ray Fisher. And what do you think, right? Like Ray Fisher has probably had the most issues with Warner Brothers than anyone. Oh yeah. But he's loyal to Snyder, right? And Snyder's loyal to him. And I think that says a lot about what Snyder probably thinks of Warner Brothers. Um, that's a, he's got like, you know his act off, right? Because he's got something to prove. And and it's Snyder throwing in of him the bone of being like, man, uh, I, I know you're good. I've seen, like, I understand what that shit was. And I'm not going to let Warner Brothers bury you in the entire industry. You're coming, like, and then... What's Netflix going to say? Netflix doesn't give a fuck. They just sign a check to Zach, right? He does what he wants. So, so it's glad. interesting to see, right? I'm so glad you brought this up because I am actually very excited about Rebel Moon. And on the topic of Ray Fisher, he's going to be huge in this. You have, like, just by seeing his character's name, you know he's going to be a total badass. His character's <laughs> name is Darian Bloodaxe. Like, come on. <laughs> like, that is good. That um, is good. Yeah, everybody, no, like, Admiral Atticus, and then fucking Blood Axe. Like, it's, yeah. it's, I like it. I like it. The whole Blood Axe family. But I'm super excited about this because the thing that annoys, and I mentioned it earlier, is like the tenant, the tenants of George Lucas. Like, because I want the original stories to still hold weight, I get pissed off when new creators change things about the world. Mm-hmm. But in, when someone does this and like, makes a similar type of story in space which i'm interested in but i don't have to get all my back all you know whatever mm-hmm. because someone said like luke skywalker sucks or you know like i love that he has creative ability to do whatever he wants in a story i think he's I, he's really good with action he always has been like if anything that was the problem with superman was that it was dark action movie as opposed to like the bright shining light of hope. <laughs> so I think this is going to be cool. I hope so too. Uh, I don't know if I, I'm a big Snyder guy like you. I There's stuff in his catalog I like. I don't know if Justice League or any of the Batman stuff was for me. And I wanted to say it's because of what you just said, that I wanted something bright 
and shiny like Marvel when I started watching the DC stuff. But it turns out that's not the case because I really did enjoy the dark and grimy Robert Pattinson, Matt Reeves, Batman, right? Like I, it well, it works for Batman. It doesn't work yeah. for Superman. <clears throat> yeah, that's fair. Okay. Um, it's like, yeah, you know, it, it, it all, it all depends on the, you can't, you know, with characters like that, Superman and Batman and stuff, you can't say all of them have the same theme and it's all going to be Batman's world because Batman is like, in reality, like a dark guy with like severe mental issues. <laughs> yeah. And, our hero. Yeah, <laughs> he lives in this world that's dark and brooding all the time. But like Superman is like a family, like a love, had a loving family that he was, you know, right. Didn't like grew up with them in, in the country, learned really good values. Like, uh, it's a different tone. And to put that kind of tone like brooding, like letting my dad die and all that stuff. Isn't I always was mad because I thought Cavill is the best Superman, but he never got the best. He never got an opportunity to show that. Yeah. And you know what hurts about it is because I would have liked to have seen the loosey goosey bright Superman because Cavill's a funny dude. Yeah. He could have done it. Sure. He's a funny fucking guy too. So that it could have kind of pulled off that little thing, but yeah, so that's that's sort of my thing. I wanted to kind of like have a little quick chat about Ray Fisher, the Rebel Moon, and how excited you might be as you were stroking your lightsaber. It just kind of yeah. all came to me at once. I was like, oh man, if he's happy about this, imagine how happy he's going to be when this comes out. You um, searched your feelings and you knew to bring it up. I just knew. I knew it. I knew it. But I've been also searching my feelings in other ways, John. <laughs> okay. Let me know. Well, you about it, to it, propose? <laughs> that's a loaded question. <laughs> oh, I don't think no. that should be loaded. You should just say no right away. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I love you. <laughs> um, but what I like it, that's the idea. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of swirling things in my head around. Um, is the world as bad as we think it is? Or. Are we just buying into some sort of weird cycle of news and shit that's just in our face? Because I'll tell you this much. Um, I was never a big travel guy. Like, I, I, the idea of traveling to me always appealed to me. I love the idea of being in an airport. I, 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 I thrive in airports and on planes somehow. Like, I, I do it well because I know that most of the majority doesn't do it well. Which, like, anytime you got me in the top 50 percentile or top 10 percentile of anything, I'm ecstatic. I will really lean into the fact that I can travel well because I know so many people can't. Get it? Like, it's so few things I'm good at. So that's fun. But the other part of it is, like, as as I kind of get out and I'll see it, um, I'm so far away from our bubble, the bubble that exists here when I come back home. Immediately when I'm back home, it's like, oh, man, the orange orangutan may, like, do something. Oh, shit. Like, apparently, uh, like, every politician in Canada is a dipshit. Oh, my God. Like, they mean, like, there's all this nonsense that comes... But when I'm overseas anywhere, it's fantastic because the news is theirs. Mm-hmm. It's not my problem. I'm here well, for yeah. a week, man. Tell me I'm about blind. the issues with your infrastructure and stuff. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what's happening with the upper highways in Iceland. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll be gone in a week. So it's like this man, a magical reprieve you get from the idea that the world is burning. Because you're witnessing it from like a different place. You're seeing it everything. You're like, no, no, my world's not burning. Just apparently these guys are right now. But most of them are just so happy to have you there because they love tourist dollars. So they're like, no, no, our world isn't burning. And you're like, oh, wow. So it's not everywhere. It's not everywhere. And you come back and you're like, fuck, I need to get away from all this. Uh, It's been crazy. I just want to put on a nice, relaxing movie uh, with some favorite actors of mine. I'm sure this is going to be a great film that's going to just make my spirits rise during Christmas time and you stumble upon a movie with, with my fucking all time hero, Ethan Hawke. Yes. Uh, the incomparable Mahershala Ali um, and Blame America's yourself. fucking sweetheart to this day, Julia Roberts. Uh, and you go, this could be a fun ride. Now, John, the problem is when you go 20 minutes into this and you remind yourself, I think this might be a book I read a few years ago. 
And that book wasn't so bright and fun. And that book was kind of like scary and how realistic it was in the way that like, if things go bad, this is how they would go bad. Right. So the way the last of us crump, like, you know what I mean? I want you to think of the last of us, right? This end of the world, apocalyptic kind of like things have broken down, but that was an infection, right? That was this weird infection from mushrooms. And we all kind of like watched the show and the movie and we're like, oh my God, mushrooms. We all eat mushrooms. This could happen to us. But like in the back of our minds, we fucking knew we weren't getting any fungus infection in 2024, but we made ourselves think it because it'd be fun if we'd watch the show. Right. This movie, John, um, and the book is so rooted. Same name? The book is the same. It's called Leave the World Behind. This was a 2020 National Book Award finalist um, by the author Ruman Alam. And Ruman Alam has written a fantastic couple of books, but this one was one of those. I want you to think about the timing of it, too. Like the book came out in 2020 of October. Mm-hmm. So you got so November. Like 2018? Yeah, sure. Right. But like it comes out in October 2020. You got November, December, January of 2021 comes around the corner. <laughs> Yeah, that's the chuckle. That's the chuckle. Like, all you got to say to people is January 2021, and they immediately understand that something fucking crazy is coming around the corner, right? Because we all knew it. They all happened by March. Um, This book, though, deals with a plot that is very similar to the idea of, like, how would people react when stuff doesn't work? And and, And stuff that is supposed to work works in the wrong way and causes weirdness that's it like i'll give you kind of give you that as a thing and then now you get the plot uh with the actors now um some of the the the, the main plot of this like i can kind of relate i'm not going to spoil it i don't want to like ruin the movie i want you to watch it i want you to maybe read the book right but from a high level perspective just so you know just before you get into it yeah i did read a thing about what the ending means before this podcast (laughs) If you want to spoil it, <laughs> you can go ahead and do it. <laughs> In perfect fucking JB fashion. Um, it's going to start at the end first. You know what? You you remind me of me as a child in middle school. When, wow, when they sent... No, but when, when I was sent to the library in grade like seven or eight, and they'd be like, hey, man, go get your fucking book of the week. I'd be like, cool, cool, cool. Immediately going to the last three pages, right? Yeah. You had to read how this thing was going to end before you would even bother to start it. There are people like that, and I, I commend you on it because I get it. Um, but I, which is to say, I feel like spoiler culture is a dumb thing where everybody's kind of like spoiler, spoiler. It's like, and I think you've bought into that hype as because something you've heard. But I want you all to remember to your childhoods when you actually really didn't want to watch something unless you were already told ahead of time how it was going to end, right? And I think that's one of those childhoody things, but. But the ending itself is is a trip, and I'm going to argue probably uh, a letdown in the terms of the movie and and how it varies from the book. But I would say the book was a letdown in the end, but the the movie is a different letdown in a different way mm-hmm. because the idea is it's like where's the hope, man? <laughs> right? Like there's not a there's not a shit ton of it left. It's not one of those like the skies parted and the sun came through. And magically, the ATM machine started working again, right? Like that, there was none of that. So if there's none of that, you're kind of left with the way you leave like a, an Oppenheimer, where you're like, they totally, um, they totally probably wanted to drop a third one too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, like if, if the Japanese hadn't said no, they were going to drop a third, I bet you they would have, right? It's like, it's, it's that kind of concept of like, you, you got, you're leaving with your darkest thought. You're letting your most intrusive thought win. Or... Maybe you're finding out you are an optimist and maybe you do believe in a little bit of hope, no matter how dire the situation and circumstance that you're going to, even if there's a 0.01% sliver of hope, you're going to take it, you're going to cling to it. I think that's the only two ways to walk away from this fucking thing. Um, but the concept and the plot is interesting enough, right, man? Imagine you're, you, you're just a stressed out dude. You've got a decent, nice life, comfortable life in New York, but your comfortable life feels stressful to you. Right. Like, I want you to think about like the idea of like they start you off with the idea of like you're a privileged, you got good paying jobs, uh, you're not struggling, you're not food banking it in any way. But somehow you still feel like you can't you got to get away from it. You need to break. Right. 
yeah okay i can right? put myself in that uh mindset sure <laughs> go for it right like you get it i know you do like it's like there's only so many lightsabers that are gonna fill the void <laughs> i feel like this entire episode built up to that joke oh shit uh, <laughs> And so many voids you have, John. So many. Okay. Anyways, I easy a gold joke. Leaf hamburger. Thing. <laughs> there you. Go. Oh shit. Just kidding. Just remember to clean that lightsaber off. All right. <clears throat> but okay. So imagine like that's not a, a whatever, and you're like, I know what's going to be fun. I'm going to go away for a, a weekend with the kids and the husband. We're going to rent a fucking beautiful house. I'm saying this from Julia's perspective now, naturally. Um. And then all of a sudden you get a knock on the door. It's the guy who says he owns the place that you're renting. Um, things are suspect. Perhaps it's a racial thing. Perhaps it's not. Maybe you just feel uncomfortable no matter who it is. Right. This is also what I'm going to say is the beautiful nuance of the movie and the book. Is that tension in there? <clears throat> yes. And the idea is you as the watcher and or the reader have to make the decision of is this racial racial tension? Or would this be just anyone? Or is it like just the situation or do you think there's a mistrust that's misplaced for the wrong reason? Like, you know, all these things you have to answer for yourself, they're going to present you with things. It's kind of up to you. And I think the prism you see it through is interesting because it's not going to be wrong. It's just going to inform the way you maybe watch or read the rest of it, right? So that is an interesting play. Uh, and then things just start happening that are weird in the world, okay? Imagine you're out at the beach, John. You're having a fun little time with the kids. You're having a picnic on the beach. Uh, and like, you know, normal things are happening in the waters up until you see like an oil tanker off in the distance. And you're kind of like, well, that's strange. Those things usually don't come to the beaches. They go to like the ports or the docks where they like unload those tanker things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's strange that it's coming so fast. Those things normally slow down and it fucking hits the beach. And you're like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> Weird. That shouldn't happen. And you immediately are like, I got to get home. I want to tell the kids and shit what I just saw on the beach. And when you get to the home, the kids are like, our iPads don't work. There's no Wi-Fi. Whoa, that's two weird things. But that's like, you know, weird things happen. Maybe like we just got to get Comcast out to fix the fucking Wi-Fi. Maybe there was just a drunk guy driving the boat. Right? You're not connecting things here. You're just seeing weird things happen. But like each weird thing can kind of be resolved in a weird way if you just kind of like, well, yeah, fucking internet goes down from time to time. We'll reboot the router. Maybe we'll have to give it some time. Or, here, let me give you a Joe Rogan yeah. moment here real quick. Go for it. Oh, isn't there like a study that says like we don't connect things until four uh, similar scenarios? Uh, can you look that up for me? Uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, but Joe's probably right. Yeah. I, mean, like, <laughs> I, I know we rip on Joe a little bit just because he's like so easy to rip on. But like I've, we've also... I've also like confessed my love for Joe a few times, right? Like I enjoyed news radio and, and I enjoyed UFC in the early years and he was at both and he's got some weird takes and he'll interview anyone, which is kind of weird to me. But at the same time, he, he's just asking questions, John. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was just, no, I know. I get it, out, but that's kind of how his, how, how things work actually. Right. Yeah. But I mean, and that's kind of the, the, the idea now, as the movie and the book continue on, more and more strange kind of things happen. Okay? Now, I'm going to be like, oh, yes, strange things happen all the time. Now, what I want to kind of connect is, like, this is so different from Rebel Moon. <laughs> okay. In that, in that the Rebel Moon takes place weirdly in space and all these things. But, like, you know, if there's a calamity in that movie, it, it feels like, oh, my God, look at that, an explosion in space. Something that's so weird, uh, entertaining, uh, something that could never happen here. And then you watch this movie, and they're trying to get the fuck out of a city, buddy, and the Tesla self-driving cars all crash into each other. <laughs> okay. Like, specifically just the Teslas. All the other cars are kind of fine. It, it just must be the one Tesla system that must have gone haywire, where all those cars decided to go fucking and have a big pile up. Um, makes you go, huh. Huh? Because that's that? yeah, but like, what are you gonna do? Like, it, they could have picked any, like, whatever, right? Reality is what it is. You've got the most self-driving cars out there. You've probably got the largest population of drivers who wouldn't know what to do in that situation if things went haywire, anyways. I mean, like, generally, you're fine. Like, there's no like 
Nobody who likes to drive a like a six speed, three hundred horsepower inline flat six is driving a Tesla self driver, anyways. Right? Because that guy's gonna know what the hell to do if his pickup fucking breaks up and goes haywire. But so all those these guys Tesla wouldn't, right? Crashing. All these Teslas start crashing. <clears throat> oh, now that's when you can kind of get home and be like, "I'm gonna be real with you." There's been some odd things happening today, right? I I, I don't want to tell you this earlier, kids, but I saw a fucking oil tanker crank, up, crank on the beach. And I think I just saw a big pileup of Teslas. Uh, and somebody's like, well, turn on the TV. And you're like, well, I can't. The cable and the Internet's out. And you're like, oh, okay, well, go get the AM radio, and perhaps that'll work. All right? Now, here's the idea. John, I want you to scour your fucking house right now. And you tell me if you've got any AM radios kicking around, <laughs> other than maybe like an alarm clock in your bedroom. Let me right? see if the... Let me see if the uh lightsaber has an antenna <laughs> <laughs> better be built in there with a fucking manual tuning dial too the only one i have is in that car because you know what the irony of that whole fucking statement i just made is that you can't get am radio in a tesla oh unless you pay for their internet connectivity services which will pipe in fake am radio from the internet huh. because they don't have an am antenna in the car so the idea is if you've got a tesla the world is going to shit. The internet's down, and you need to be like tuning into like AM eight eighty to like get information on what fucking bridge to escape out of town. You ain't doing it. Wow. Do you know that that actually is a real? There's a real life thing that if you have Rogers home phone and the power goes down, versus if you have Bell home phone and the power goes down. Hundred percent. You're right. You can't use. Rogers says you don't actually have home phone with Rogers. You have internet. It's it's basically VoIP, right? Mm-hmm. It's but an insane Bell, setup, yeah. yeah. The Bell Towers still exist. The lines are still there. Your probably services like your voicemail and call display won't work, but uh, in an emergency... In an emergency, you are 100% correct. If you've got your Bell home phone, they're still running that through copper. Now, it may switch as soon as it gets into your house through, like, a, a, the five if you want it. But in most cases, they run a dual, right? They'll run the five internet, and they won't touch the old fucking lines that have been coming to your house since, like, 1934 anyways. Because <laughs> chances are all of the jacks in your house are connected to it anyways. Back in, like, you know, the little transformer box by your fuse box and stuff. They'll be like, let me move these two wires. Now you got a fucking different phone number, right? <laughs> like, it, it, that is your failsafe. Now, I want... Like, fail-safes are an important part of this movie. They don't really talk about it. But I made the joke while I was, just, like, taking a look at the islands in Scotland, and I was like, you know, it's crazy to me that, like, in the 1700s, like, one of the craziest, high-paying, and most fun jobs would have been cartographer. The guy who just gets to go out there and fucking make maps. And I will tell you this. Based on the maps we've seen in museums and things from historical documents... Most of these fuckers were way off all the time, <laughs> right? Like they just had an idea of like, "Hey, man, I think that's where it ends." <laughs> like it's just like that's as far as I can see, and it's just like it's it's crazy to me. Like, but they would have been so much fun. Now, come to the modern times, I think there's like us. We might still be able. Like, you hand me a map of a city, I think I can figure it out. I think I can do the fucking Pedro Pascal and be like, "We got to take I eighty five north all the way past here." I remember this from when I had CAA in the nineties, right? Yeah. Like it's like, <laughs> but I don't think my kids could like without a GPS and without a fucking compass. And I'm like, I don't know if I gave my kids a map and a compass right now. And I was like, yo, tell me how I got to get here, <laughs> how they would do it. Can I tell and you that's something? the thing, right? Huh. I'm, I'm very embarrassed. This might not make the episode. <laughs> <laughs> don't be, I can't really remember. But I think I worked for CAA for like a little while. Like, <laughs> leave this in. You can't cut this out. This is this is what makes it so funny. This is I how we know we're old. <laughs> I can't really remember because I can't remember if it was just like a day or two or if I like worked there for a couple months or what happened. But I definitely <laughs> worked at a C at the CAA <laughs> on the <laughs> It was oh, the old CAA building on Manitou. 
Do you remember oh, that man. one? Oh, yeah. That was a big one, man. Uh, uh, we have a, a longtime friend who used to work there and then actually lived with me for a while while working out of the Thornhill CAA building. Yeah. Ah, did they get me the job? Um, and remember, because I don't really remember. So, But I remember, like, people would call in and I would, we would try to f- help them find, like, get help and you'd have to use an actual map to figure out where they are sometimes oh fuck yes man that's amazing uh uh, one because it's like you're probably like i remember wearing something that had caa on it once (laughs) but i don't know how long i wore it for which is perfectly fine it's this man you would have been like what 20 at tops maybe tops tops right but not after that right you would have been doing other things like it's and when I'm going to be real. Not everybody had the illustrious part-time career that I had. <laughs> right. Uh, and I say this um, with no malice towards all these hardworking part-timers today um, or back then, because I remember all of you, like, as in not just you, I remember every one of my high school friends who maybe they worked at the Taco Bell for four months. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's like at one point at lunch, I'm like, yo, we should go to Taco Bell after school use your discount and they'd be like i'm at arby's now bro <laughs> i'd be like well when'd you go to arby's yo is that roast beef sandwich and like and they every four it's like nah i'm at hmv now oh shit <laughs> hmv oh cool cool and then next time you try to get a fucking record like before you know it they're like i'm a gene machine and i'm like what the fuck am i gonna do a gene machine <laughs> gene machine <laughs> I don't even know if Gene Machine exists anymore. Of course it doesn't. Does HMV? Oh, man. Uh, But but, so I get it. I don't hold nothing against you for that. I was a CAA child myself, right? I never worked there. Um, I used to go there to get tickets from Ticketmaster occasionally because, like, the CAA and Hustler Road in Cambridge was also the double as, like, a Ticketmaster location (laughs) when you actually had to go fucking line up for tickets. And, uh, man. I can't remember those circumstances at all. I know I was there. Yeah. Did the job, but I can't remember for how long at all or like the circumstances at all. Like, it's just crazy. That's amazing, man. Because I'm, my dad, though, used to get trip tickets. You know what? The, you probably made those, those booklets when like an old man would come in. And my dad was not old then. My dad was my age. Get it? Like, I, I get to say these things like in a weird way where I'm like, holy fuck. He was only like eight years older than I am right now when I was being a mouthy little teen about this and that. And I'm like, Oh shit. I almost have a mouthy little teen. Right. Like it's, it's, it's catching up. Yeah. yeah. But I won't have to do the thing where he would go in and be like, I promised my kid a road trip to Cayuga. Uh, (laughs) Can you make me a little booklet that I flip every fucking page and it'll have a map on it. And I'm going to make my kid sit in passenger. And if he doesn't flip the page in time, I'm going to yell at him for (laughs) not flipping the pages. Even though I never tell him when I'm at the end of the fucking thing on the map. Cause I'm, you know, like it's, your dad sounds like Bill Burr. Well, it was one of those things, man. It's like, how am I supposed to know, Dad, when you're at the end of the fucking road on this page, unless you look at this page while you're driving? <laughs> right? And it's, one of those, it's horrible, horrible things. But, hey, that is the kind of future that would happen if we have to leave the world behind. Getting back to the book and movie. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, right? like this, is, this is the – you don't have GPS. You don't have access to an ATM. Your cell phone is down. Maybe you got an AM radio. All of a sudden, there's drones in the sky, John. Holy fuck, if the day hasn't been weird enough, right? Uh, you've already seen boats and tankers and capsizing and Teslas crashing, and now you've got pamphlets dropping from the sky like you're North Korea. Weirdly enough, these pamphlets are in Arabic. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're in Wyoming, right? Like this is <laughs> there's this kind of stuff is happening in the book and, and in the movie. And it sounds weird, but again, when you Joe Rogan it and mm-hmm. you put the fucking pieces together, something's coming together. Right? Not to spoil it, it's not a spoiler. You can kind of watch the trailer to get it. The plot points are out there. But there is word that perhaps this is part of an overall conspiracy. Or perhaps something more major is taking place that does connect all of these things. Um, and I would think that, yeah, right? Like, I mean, if we found ourselves in a future where, man, we lived through the blackout and we lived through the Roger cell phone fucking debacle, right? <laughs> that didn't affect me. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but I mean, imagine, okay, but the 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 cell phone didn't. 
But imagine there was the blackout at the same time. Yeah. So perhaps your Bell cell phone will get you through some calls and stuff, but there's no home internet or lights, right? That that stuff's unfortunate. Uh, so you're halfway in peril. Not as bad as those Rogers guys have it right now, but then it could be you go out to pay for something where at the one place that's kind of like lighting stuff by fucking candlelight, and they're like, yeah, we can try to do this, and then nope, can't get your debit, power's gone. But then mm-hmm. the, what if the power comes back, but you still can't use your debit? Right, like, what if there's always something that's kind of broken? Right, that there's the concept that they want to have like pushed forward in the movie or the book or anywhere else. You actually look at thought leaders of the future when they look at future warfare. What's the way to win a war in the future? You have to inconvenience the population, and you can't just bomb them because like COVID's kind of shown us that we'll just let some people die. Right. Like, I mean, like if somebody's like, hey, there's a bomb coming for Detroit. A lot of people in Miami will be like, oh, no, that sucks for Detroit. <laughs> like there's going to be there will be a calculus is going on. But the idea is if you make it so that like people in Detroit can't e-transfer or fucking send money to people in Miami for OnlyFans content, there's going to be hell to pay. <laughs> hell to pay right? right like that's that's the idea and to be clear yeah <laughs> content creators of only fans live in miami not detroit <laughs> could go both ways depending on who you're trying to get um <laughs> i'm just saying there's yeah. there's some there's some Feels gentlemen like... i feel like there's some gentlemen in detroit that are probably doing all right for themselves on the business too you know what i mean all right. yeah that's right that's right that's <laughs> maybe there's like early out of work gm guys yeah yeah that's what i'm saying um gm hog and only fans <laughs> <laughs> oh the real camaro um <laughs> built fucking what is it gmc tough or whatever, like the will internet stuff whatever it is yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyways built tough uh anyways uh all of that is something to think about and like so you have these like all these calamities taking place in this movie and and the real the movie's really the crux is how are these people going to work together do they work together do they not work together um what do they believe what do they not believe right that kind of stuff because i think the takeaway is um the takeaway more or less is sort of like if you found yourself in this situation how would you be reacting does maharishima Maybe I said that wrong. Sorry. Um, Mahershala. Yeah. Mahershala. Mahershala. Um, Is he the homeowner? Do we confirm that eventually? Um, See, if you're looking for like a mortgage deed that's got his name on it, you're not going to find it. But I think there's enough evidence there that tells you very much. This is his house. Okay. Like he owns this property. He's well, he seems well to do. He's not, he doesn't, right? Like it doesn't, he doesn't come across as somebody who's, lying okay well then i, I trust him right yeah yeah he does come across as somebody who may be withholding information okay and that does play a part in the story i don't want to run i don't want to ruin it because it's kind of the climax idea of like his take on what he believes is happening is probably closest to the connecting the joe rogan dots okay All right like somebody has to posit a theory at some point of like what i believe is taking place Based on everything we've seen and had to go through, this is what I think it is. He does that. His character does that. And I think it's the most Joe Rogan-y, yet most fact-based way of presenting it to make you kind of go, "Uh uh-oh, as a viewer, right? As a viewer, this is when you have that moment of, oh, shit, this isn't Rebel Moon at all. Like, this is possibly happening right now at this very moment in time. Well, maybe we should be... Um, watching the movie, the movie from his perspective, then, and not like Ethan and Julia's. Right, that's one way. Or you watch it from all of theirs to kind of get the perspectives. But um, <clears throat> I think it's fascinating. It's not like the viewers don't seem to love it. And I'll be honest with you, I can understand why. Okay. Right. But I will divisive. tell you, it's divisive in the sense that half of the people will love it, half of the people won't get it. Yet, even the ones who don't get it won't know why they don't get it, and the people who love it won't know why they love it. Oh, man, I can't even remember if I worked at CAA, so I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
it was um it was interesting to see and and of course what i wanted to really tie into was the fact that this is something that's really really it kind of cuts too close when you think of the possibilities right because generally you watch top gun and you're like well fuck it that's not real this weird other country they're not going to really do that that that's not really possible right now even just with the controls and the military and how things would happen like but you watch this and you're kind of like, well, motherfucker, like I could see my ATM not working at Home Depot. And I could see that making me really angry because I have a little bit less cash than the guy beside me. And that guy's willing to pay more cash to the store manager. Like put yourself like that. This doesn't really happen in the movie or anything, but it's it's a, an idea to play with. Right. You got 60 bucks in your pocket, John. Guy beside you's got 180 cash. You're in a place where no visas taken, no debits taken. Nobody's been able to figure out for days whether you're going to be able to take Visa cash or like debit or anything. Cash is king again, but who the fuck's got access to it? And like very, very few people because how many people carry cash? Right. Right. Not I. Yeah. Right. So it's like, unless you know you have to have the cash, you're not going to the machine. Right. And you won't know you need the cash until you know you're in a situation where the machines don't work. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So here you are. You're in the Home Depot. You know you need certain things to batten down the fucking hatches because people are getting crazy outside. Right. Like they're taking things and whatever it is, you want to protect your family. You get there and the store manager here is Bucky, the store manager, who still wants to somehow make store of the month. Okay. Right. Like he's still buying into the concept that this world has not gone to shit yet. I'm still the manager here. I still make sure that transactions happen so that I can tell the managers when everything's fine, that we got the most sales done in that week. Right. Right. So Bucky decides he's going to sell this shit to the guy for 180 bucks because you only got 60. Right? Now you're fucking livid. You wanted that stuff. But in the long run, that guy's out 180 bucks. And there's more stuff in the store. You could always go back and get it and be like, I'm still only going to give you fucking 60. And the store manager's still going to take it. Yeah. Right? Store manager's hoarding cash in a world where like cash is king, but like who's really taking it? Everything's falling apart. Now, all this stuff just kind of like paints a picture like, holy fuck, it can't be that bad. Now, Barack Obama, the fucking president, the former president of the United States, mm-hmm. has a production company called Higher Ground Productions. Higher Ground Productions works with Netflix. They put out many a nice little documentaries, uplifting things about like kids with disabilities at camp, stuff like that. All right. At no point did this guy say, I'm making a movie. And at no point did he say, I've optioned the book that's kind of like crazy. And then at no point did I know that this guy sat down with Sam uh, Esmail, the guy who made the movie. Uh, and Sam Esmail, for those like who really want to understand who he is and what this thing is, he's Mr. Robot. Right? Yeah. So he didn't right. So he did Mr. Robot. So that should give you an idea of like how this will be put together. He did Homecoming with uh, Julia Roberts as well, right? He was recently quoted as saying that Barack had a lot of involvement, or not a lot, but like he, you know what I mean? Like, you wrote the script, John. Barack's your producer. I guess you're going to want him to look at it, right? You know what I mean? Like, it's only fair that you send your producer the script for the movie that you're making. Well, um, so Barack's making movies now? <clears throat> that's what I'm saying, right? Like, Barack Obama has a producer's credit uh, from the PGA through his company, Higher Ground Productions, who made a feature film. Right. Which is a lot different from the other stuff they've done, which has been like they did American Factory. Right. Um, And they did. uh, Fort Worth or something like it was. I remember they did this one thing with like kids and like. Disabilities and they had a camp and stuff. Um, And then he stopped like working the stuff we all do or our great national parks. Right. Like those are the things he's released so far on Netflix. Right. Shit about national parks. Uh, the places you work, um, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, at no point did this kind of like, oh, okay. So the fact that he did it, that's interesting. The fact that he had notes on the script is what scares me, <laughs> right? The fact that he sat down and he was like, hey, um, just going to say, like, this is how you can make this a little bit more realistic. Yikes. Yeah, that sounds scary. He should know best, right? Exactly. Right. So the idea is like he's he's writing 
with the notes kind of of the idea of like hey this is this is a probably a bit of a stretch um but if you bring it back like this this is how it'll be better and you're kind of be like hold on a second um this is way different than like if if rip like uh what is that kip thorn the guy mm-hmm. had notes on interstellar right it feels different because like kip he's still being like if i if there was gonna be um a black hole this is how it would look mr christopher nolan Right, right. This is Barack Obama coming up to you, Mister Robot, and saying, "Uh, shit's pretty tight, pretty fucking tight." But that's how Barack would say it. You you want the Teslas to crash, not just all the cars, because you, you want it to be like one computer system that goes down. Because you got to figure there's redundancies built into the Ford, right? Like, because he's a big Ford guy. We all know that you know Barack. Fucking claim to fame was driving a Ford Escape into the White House, um, <laughs> <clears throat> but it's like the fact that he was giving the notes um, has to be crazy. And so Sam's quote was to be like, "And to hear an ex-president say you're off by a few details, but very close." When I thought I was off by a lot, that fact scared the shit out of me. Oh, right? so the guy who wrote the movie has even said this. Yeah, that's right. He's like, I, okay, so quote starts before that and goes, I am writing what I think is fiction for the most part. I'm trying to keep it as true to life as possible, but I'm exaggerating and dramatizing. But to hear the ex-president say, you're pretty, you mean like, that's when you're like, the fact he said that scared the fuck out of me. This is in like, right? So that's where it's like, oh shit. And, and I bring it up because it's like all of the things I mentioned, which are funny in a weird context of like the Joe Rogan points of like, uh, a tanker crashing on the beach, Tesla's crashing into each other. There are hints of almost like an Illuminati, like cabal, like financial system that is run by some shadowy people. But that it's like, like it's kind of like. Childs. Exactly, right? Like the idea is that there could be a handful of people who think they're in control. But the truth is they're not in control as much as they pull, right? Like, think of the idea of, like, COVID even. Like, if somebody was in control of COVID, it clearly got out of their control. So the way that you would bring it back into control is to cause a little bit of chaos, spread a little bit of disinformation, and have the people fight themselves. Right, so if you look at it from a perspective of like we are on this weird little precipice where AI is going to have a huge change to the economy and how jobs are, you see way more civil unrest, way more strikes in Europe, even in America, where like strike culture has been down for a while, but it's back on the rise. You get to a point where like maybe enough people are like, hey, yeah, man, fuck it, tax the rich, do it. Like it's kind of crazy how much richer like Bezos and Gates and Musk have gotten. Mm-hmm. But like perhaps they do have capabilities or the power to kind of stoke uh, a civil war amongst the own people with misinformation that makes it so that those folk can kind of get things back under control and the fact that that's like where Barack comes in with his notes yo guy what <laughs> like that's that's where I'm like no Go back to making fucking national parks documentaries. Don't do this. Yeah. Don't do this. We don't know how. We don't need to know how things will collapse, right? Yeah, man. Like the bear is as close as I want to know to how my fucking sausage is made. Get it? <laughs> That's as close as I need to get. I don't want to so know this shit too. All the time. He was so angry all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wonder gosh. if he ever got his sandwich made. My gosh. So. Between the bear ruining food and the world being left behind, there are some weird things. And it's the only real takeaway I had was that the end of the day, DVDs will live forever. If you can get yourself a generator, a backup, you got yourself a DVD player, an old fucking TV, and you got a fat ass collection of DVDs. Life is going to be grand no matter what. 
Can I tell you something? I've been using a PlayStation as my DVD player for a bunch of years. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Nothing wrong with that. I remember my internet being down, so I tried to watch a DVD, and my PlayStation wouldn't play it unless it could connect to the internet. This is what I'm saying. What did you do? I just, I just, you couldn't went, went, went and fuck myself because there was nothing to do. That fucking lightsaber came through again. Uh, oh man, I didn't have it then. Goodness. But, so yeah, that's fucked. That's not yeah. right. No. So you might not even have DVDs. That might not even be. That might want to be one of the uh, dramatizations in the film. You know what though? I'm no, but it's like it's I'm I'm one of those weirdos who still has a Blu-ray player. Yeah, but right? what if it because has that is, an internet connection? No, it doesn't need it. Like that's what I use. Like, you know when like the internet goes down, like Rogers is working in the neighborhood. You're gonna have no internet or Wi-Fi for about 14 hours until we put the new lines in. Mm-hmm. Like that's when me and the boys go to the DVD collection. I open up the cabinet and I'm like, let's find something that's appropriate. Crazy. Right. It seems to happen more with rogers eh? <laughs> yeah i've been you know knock on wood okay for like eight months straight mm-hmm. right like it's rare mind you i live in an area where when it goes down it goes down right like it doesn't just go down for like i have none of those what people say is like oh man my internet drops for half an hour every day i would hate that if i lived in a neighborhood where my, like once a day shit's just going down i would that's that's slow fucking torture i can't take that um <laughs> I live somewhere where for, I would say, 95% of the year, I'm laughing. But when it's not working, it's down for a solid day. So you might get four or five days out of the year where you just are digging through blue rays. And it's a good, I don't want to say it's a good thing, but it does really kind of, you know, as long as I've got power, right? A fourth disconnect, but it is a disconnect. I, I can take it because it's like my cell phone works on a different network. So if my internet goes down, that's fine. It just means I can't surf. I don't have Wi-Fi for the day, so I shouldn't be like streaming like crazy on my phone. Uh, I'll have to dig out some DVDs. You survive, right? The fridge is still fucking on. The lights still work. If it's a total blackout, it's a different thing entirely. That's rare as F. But I can live with four or five days of that. But I do really, really immediately understand the value of having a Blu-ray player that doesn't need internet and having hard disks, like an entire show. I mean, you get like 10 episodes on a DVD and then you got to take out the disc. You got to go put the next disc in. You got to sit through that fucking loading menu. Skip, skip, (laughs) skip, skip, play. I mean, all that stuff. It's fun. Remember when some movies would come on two VHS? Oh, Titanic. I think my parents had a Titanic on VHS and it's a two taper. Yeah, you don't two have to taper. change the tape. God. But it was such a natural time. This is like great. Uh popcorn's finished. I'm gonna go get my chocolate. I'm gonna take a piss. You know what I mean? Like it's it's uh we got that's that forced ten minute intermission that honestly some of these movies like I feel like Netflix itself should do this. Like when Scorsese, like when when Killers of the Flower Moon hits Apple, Apple should just at an hour and forty five minutes in be like, "Hey, not a bad time to take a piss." Like, just and then if you want to, you just want to skip it, you skip it, right? But if not, not a bad time because you. There might be a point where like a three hour movie, even if it's fantastic, about two and a half hours in, you're kind of like, "I just want this fucking thing over." Yeah. Right. So if there, even if Apple's like, this is a great time to stretch your legs, get some water. Maybe go to the bathroom because you got to settle in, buddy. The next hour and a half is going to be even better, right? Then it'd be like, okay. And I come back all like stoked for the second part. <laughs> like that's my, like, because Rebel Moon's a two-parter, right? I got to say, if it comes in at two, three-hour movies, I'm going to be really fucking upset. I'll give you two, two hours, right? Like I'll, I'll give you two hours and I'll give you two hours later to finish this whole fucking thing up. Or make it a four-part. Amazing. Yeah, right. Like I like Kill Bill was fantastic as a volume one and two. Kill Bill, the extended cut as a volume one and two was fucking overkill. Uh, right. That's my favorite movie almost. <clears throat> yeah, but the extra twenty five minutes in the first one and then the extra like thirty minutes in the second one, and then you watch them all back to back and all of a sudden you've got an extra hour and ten minutes of movie. It's really 
too much. Like it's an hour and 10 minutes too much. Oh, actually. Right. Like, okay. I mean, listen for all the fart, not farts, but all the, for all the faults that Harvey Weinstein had, motherfucker knew how to cut a movie though, man. He knew how to cut a movie, right? Like he cut Shakespeare in love into something. He cut like kill bill. And like, like, it's almost no other producer in Hollywood has ever been trusted by directors. Like after the fact, like when, a, when he, when he goes up to a director and he's like, your movie fucking sucks. I'm taking 20 minutes out of it. And he would do it and it would turn into gold. Like he was act, like any other producer who says that shit usually fucks the movie up. And which is why you have Zack Snyder like, Oh, I need the director's cut. Like, cause here's something that I'll tell you right now. I want you to really, really think about all the movies that have ever come out with a director's cut. And you tell me if any of them are actually better than the original fucking theatrical cut. It's very rare, right? Like if you line up 10 director's cuts, I'll tell you right now, nine of them were better as a theatrical cut. That's a weird thing too. But like Harvey was apparently just really, really good at making sure it was a good cut. Now he was a horrible fucking human being. Here's something like, I'll tell you right now. But. It's been a pleasure spending this week with everybody here at Can You Confirm That? Thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you if you're still here, Gorov. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time too, and thanks for sharing about that movie that I'm definitely going to see with a positive attitude and feel great <laughs> after. Well, you're going to want to learn how to read a map. That's all. Yeah, I, you, as as we've discovered, at some point I did know, uh, <laughs> but I can't tell you for how long or when. Anyways, thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next week. Ten days till Christmas. Bye. Stock up on your tuna. Bye-bye. favorite part though you're like i think i worked out that fuck could have been like a day shift just went into shadow and you're like this ain't for me but then you may have actually went in for three months yeah honestly that's what i'm not clear of